Hello, welcome again to the episode in the Let People Prosper series. My name is Dr. Vance Gann. I hope you're having a prosperous day. Well, today I'm delighted to bring you a bonus episode where I join Adam Meister on This Week in Bitcoin to talk about Bitcoin, to talk about some other things that are out there and that are influencing your life each and every day. I kind of dig through what's happening across the country, what's going on in the economy, and a number of key issues that you don't want to miss. We really have a great discussion, and it's with a whole group of people that we have a nice panel discussion that I think that you'll like if you go and check it out. So be sure to sign up wherever you can for his podcast as well. But here are the highlights that we want to get you to. So without further ado, here is This Week in Bitcoin highlights from the recent episode. And Congress keeps overspending. I mean, they've run up about $300 billion plus just the deficit over the last couple of days. This is, this is substantial. Just in the last year, the debt increased by $2 trillion. We're on pace to continue to have $2 trillion a year deficits. The Federal Reserve is now talking about lowering interest rates on the back end, which is what's called the Operation Twist, where they buy some of those long-term treasury securities and then they sell off some of the short ones. In order, but why are they doing that? They're trying to help out with the deficit. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is October the 12th of 2023. Strong hand, long-term thinking Bitcoin always returns to its all-time high. This is where the big boys play. Best guest in the space. Oh, yeah. I'm bringing you this panel. This is the third time in a row. This, it's becoming a regular thing here. We're doing it monthly, uh, maybe the two times a month. Who knows what's next? Hello, my elite friends. Golden age of the 2020s is here. Vance, I got to start with you today, man. I got to start with you because in between the last show and this show, you you wrote a piece in the Wall Street freaking journal with the Grover Norquist. So congratulations. Hey, thanks. Thank yeah. you. And I, I, you should be really proud of that, man. And I'm really proud to have you on the show. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how many other Bitcoiners have Wall Street Journal writers on the on their show and dudes that know like Grover Norquist and stuff that we're gonna we're gonna talk about that later what you exactly wrote about and who Grover Nor Norquist is but first the question that I didn't I didn't prepare anybody for really I mean <laughs> this week or since we last talked has there been any like Bitcoin mainstream news crypto news that you know about anything that just jumped into your head or anything like that or have you not heard anything it just, I, well i mean there's a lot of stuff that's going on uh since we last talked and recently of course with uh, the um hamas and israel situation well, no 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 no, no we're like that, but anything to do with bitcoin it's I, know, but I was getting to that because oh. that puts uncertainty in the economy and oh. play, people want to jump to things like bitcoin gold other things that are out there bitcoin in particular here i think could be a good way to have a competitive currency whenever you have so much uncertainty that's out there in the economy. And, and when you look at inflationary pressures that are out today, that's another good measure because the Federal Reserve is continuing to kill the dollar and all the excess spending that's going on by Congress as well. You know, just over the last, what, three days, I think we've, or I think this last three days, we've seen over $200 billion added to the federal deficit. So this is unsustainable. And it's one reason why we need more news i haven't seen a whole lot to be honest with you but we need more news about bitcoin and and, and things of that nature because this is where we're heading this is what we need go moving forward so yeah i i agree that the macro scene is really it's it's been dominating everything there hasn't been too many bitcoin news but there's been some there's been something seeping up there here and there so i'm gonna add and, and you've got some good talking points there man you were like a you're like a 
a presidential candidate during a debate, you know what the fuck Hey, don't put that on me. Hey, don't put that on me. (laughs) You're professionally trained here, man. If Trump wins, would you have uh, a job waiting for you? That's a good good question. Well, no, he... Okay. I don't think so. I, I I I doubt it because I've been pretty critical of some of the things that's happened with the Trump administration and the the shutdowns and stuff like that. So w- we'll see. But but I I, I kind of doubt it. You and you left you left on your own. Mm. I mean, you, I did. And he doesn't. I mean, the, the loyalty thing. I think you're a very loyal person. But probably if I you am. Leave, probably if you leave his organization, he considers you completely disloyal and doesn't want anything to do with you. I mean, yeah. I but, I mean, but, but the other thing is, is like I'm, I'm willing to serve my country, like even going up there in the first place. I wanted to serve the country, try to put things in a better direction than when, than when things were going. Talk about spending restraint and, you know, the value of the dollar or, or how they're crushing the dollar. International trade. Like these are the things, these are the types of debates that I had while I was in there. And so that was a great experience. I mean, a big reason why I left couple of reasons but one reason was because of all the shutdowns i wanted to get to texas where i thought there was going to be more freedom which ended up being the case and then also you know there were some policy differences that at the end of the day i was like look it's going to be better me for me to be on the outside and talk about what's going on uh, but you do need good people that's in there i mean you can't just run everybody off in the process because that's really what we need you know up there in dc getting rid of ftx was good for the good for the system in theory but what happened when it went down the tube Bitcoin hit $16,000. It was nonsense. It was insane. So it's going, you know, Bitcoin doesn't care. Bitcoin price does care, especially during the years that are down market years, like would be a 2019, 2018, 2022, 2023 that we're in the middle of right now. People overreact more so during during these types of years. And I just want to put 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 it out there that, uh, you know, I, I this is the reason I, I do talk about Elizabeth Warren and stuff because if she did shut down Coinbase, if that did happen, if they did move to Dubai, geez, oh, and if it happened this year, it, the price of Bitcoin, it, it would be affected, ser- seriously affected. Seriously yeah. Affected. Hey, hey, Adam, I mean, yeah, Secretary Yellen has been a disaster. There was a good piece out in Fox News here recently uh, talking about Janet Yellen and the disaster that she's been on so many different levels uh, by Kevin Roberts and EJ Antonio over at Heritage. But I was looking at the, you know, the Bitcoin value or price today 26,658 so one day it's down about a percent five days down almost five percent but if you look over the last month you know as we've seen more uncertainty and things that are going on i just posted in the youtube chat kind of what's going on here recently with some of the uncertainty it's it's up 3.1 percent six months it's it's down a little bit uh, well actually quite a bit 10 percent but year to date it's up 61 percent one year it's up 30 almost 40 percent five years up 315 percent so so we're seeing the 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 way that the value can increase over time as people are looking for some measures of certainty, some measures of safety, which used to be gold, you know, in a lot of ways. But oh, people are, are about thinking that. about other options now. But this, I want to read a quote from the the pre, the guy who's in charge of the Trezor. They're they're introducing a new Trezor, okay. And despite the obvious wisdom of not your keys, not your crypto, just two percent of the four hundred twenty million. Global cryptocurrency users, just 2% of the 420 million global currency uh, cryptocurrency users practice self-custody, while most use centralized exchanges and hot wallets. So guess what? 98% of the people are doing it wrong. And there, there isn't something, they're just, it, it's just like a stock to them. It's just like a bank account to them. And they, <laughs> They really do not take to heart the be your own bank philosophy. And it's not, 
it's not good. And I, I, who knows how true those numbers are, but you know what? From what I've seen, it's true. I mean, <laughs> it's close to being true. 98% of the people out there, he just uh, they're trading it and they just keep it there or they don't, they don't know how to store it or whatever. And it just, it's insanity. It's dangerous. And they're, they're going to get hurt. The people are going to lose. There are plenty of people who lose their lose it that way. And uh, But the thing is, when that happens, then the regulators come in and say, well, we, we want to get rid of, you know, make it illegal to self-custody. We want to regulate these exchanges. more. It, it's a vicious cycle that just leads more people to so-called safe exchanges, and they're not going to uh, control their own private keys. So I just want to add that little uh, stat up there. Go, going back, going to... Hey, Adam. Yes. Hey, real quick too, and this is a really important point about how you have gold or other things where you have government involvement. You have a top-down approach, which doesn't allow for prices for markets to efficiently allocate resources like they otherwise would. Which is one reason why Bitcoin is so much more fashionable than things like gold and other things that are, you know, the dollar that's being controlled by the Federal Reserve and and other central entities. It's another concern that I have that I'm hearing from people all across the country when I go and speak is about the problems with central bank digital currency, CBDC. Because when the government starts getting in, involved with this stuff, they're going to crush it just like they did the dollar. <laughs> you know, this is another way where we don't want government to get involved with because this will be an impediment for growth, for Bitcoin, for the future of our country and for the globe if government gets its dirty hands on what's happening with central bank with, with um central you know with, with digital currencies like like bitcoin well they're gonna they're gonna use the cbdc as a control mechanism over the exactly 80 percent of the population yeah and but that, that's we're gonna have to deal with that when we deal with it and it's and they're gonna try to and bitcoin might get a bad name at first because they're gonna say well it's a digital currency too and this other one's enslaving me but i want to know about <laughs> but bitcoin so that it will lead people to bitcoin in the long run but uh, Vance, what, what do you think about digital over physical? Is it, is it, I mean, is, is it time to, because the, you, you talk all about taxes and uh, lowering taxes and everything, but the, the things that can be taxed the easiest are, are stuff like real estate, because you're not, you can't just dump your real estate. You, you, you've got real, you're stuck there. You're stuck in that house. So you're at the mercy of your local jurisdiction then. So, I mean, it, it, it makes people, I mean, I'm not, oh, I don't own any real estate anymore because it's too much of a pain in the butt. I don't know what fee they're going to give me next. I love this digital. I would only have digital assets, man. I think it is just the wave of the future. And uh, uh, I mean, Bitcoin, as everyone knows, is my main, uh, <laughs> my main uh, asset to say the least. But what do you see? I mean, gold is an extreme physical asset. I mean, this is something from thousands of years ago. But what do you, what do you think about the world going digital? and uh pros and cons and do you see more and more people doing it i've grown more in favor of it over time I and mean, you know i have some concern the more we do go digital it does the government get involved and then they can take that digital assets away more quickly than if we have physical assets to come into your house and, and take it i mean they, they could but that's one concern that i have but i think with blockchain and everything else it'll make it it's more and more it's more difficult for them to go down that route like it once was and so that's why people are looking at bitcoin as a the, the next step, the future of our, of our country. And, and so while I do think that there are legitimate concerns, I think a lot of those are the same thing with physical assets <laughs> and that, that are maybe even more so given what's going on. What I like about something like gold, for example, and Andy would know all about this too, right? Is that it has productive value behind it. Like the dollar doesn't really have productive value behind it. It's just a fiat currency nowadays that's based on government debt. So there's not really a productive capacity that's underlying the dollar's value 
gold has that because you have to mine the gold. You have to have construction. You have to have labor. You have to have capital. All the stuff that goes into mining the gold, there are productive um, uh, operations that are providing the gold. For Bitcoin, you have a similar thing where you have the electricity, you have the mining, you have the people, the labor, the capital. You have a lot of this that's going on. But I, I feel like for, for, from more looking more and more into this, right, Bitcoin is less able to be manipulated by government actions like gold can be gold can you know the, the government can basically just take all the gold they can also manipulate the price of gold by keeping supply and demand on the market as they wish versus the market free market sort of approach that bitcoin provides um over a physical asset like gold so i do think that the digital currency is going to be more of the wave of the future and and, and people even with their concerns are going to need to get used to this sort of approach moving forward uh, but let's go to let's go to Vance and uh, Wall Street Journal article and uh, Grover Norquist. So do you personally know Grover Norquist or was it just? Uh, yeah. Did you? OK, so does he know about Bitcoin at all? Do, do you know? Do, I, I just uh, uh, we haven't had a conversation about it, but I'll bring it up to him next time I talk with him. I talk to him pretty often. I'm a senior fellow at Americans for Tax Reform, and I've known Grover for about a decade. So we've been working together on a number of things. Oh, wow. Explain who Grover Norquist is. He's yeah, been on yeah. 60 Minutes. He's been on everywhere before. Yeah, yeah. Grover Norquist. So he's president of Americans for Tax Reform up in D.C. He helped to lead the, the Reagan revolution back during the 1980s of, of cutting government spending. And then basically Reagan asked him, said, hey, you should start this organization and and they started um atr i believe it was in 1985 and, and they have a taxpayers protection pledge where basically a lot of legislators state legislators congressmen and women presidential candidates presidents will sign their taxpayer pledge to basically say look we're not going to raise taxes we can cut taxes but we're not going to raise them and um they've been they've had that now for you know nearly 40 years and so he's been a one of the key people to talk with to keep people in line from a fiscally conservative viewpoint and it's what he's one that i've really um enjoyed knowing and and learned from a lot in the in the process i i think there, there's some critics out there of him who say and i don't know if this is true or not and you could you know talk i mean i know it's not true with you that he talks about cutting taxes cutting taxes cutting taxes that's his thing but like it's very important uh to uh cut the spending yeah and, and, and he doesn't talk enough about that i i don't know if that's true or not but i have heard critique about that. Maybe he's just, because it, it was such a revolutionary thing to, you know, get, get these people to sign this pledge. Yeah. Um, you know, you couldn't get them to sign a pledge to cut spending too. So I, I don't know if you want to say anything about well, that. No, I, I think it's legit. Um, that's a legitimate concern. Now, him personally, I think he wants to cut the spending and everything else, but publicly it was more of a conversation about taxes and making sure we don't raise taxes in the process. That was really what the concern was there, which which is, is a nice leeway if you want to yes. going into our Wall Street Journal article, because I've been talking to him for a number of years and I've been working on spending restraints, spending limits uh, with many states. And even at the federal level, when I worked in the White House as the chief economist for the Office of Management and Budget, my big approach was let's Limit spending. Imagine that <laughs> and start running balanced budgets and everything else, which pretty much all states have a balanced budget amendment. And so they've got to rein in spending. How should you do that? And you do that through a fiscal rule, spending limit. You can use whatever metric you want. My preferred one is population growth plus inflation, because that way the, the, the government spending grows less than the economy. I don't want government to be growing the same rate of the economy. If the economy is growing faster, there's more jobs and everything else. Why do we need more government? You should be spending less on welfare. You should be spending less on things because at the margin, 
the productive dollars should be in the productive private sector, not in the unproductive government. And, and I think that's really important. And so what we did was, is talking with you know Grover and others, Patrick Gleason's another great guy over there at uh, America's Tax Reform. And I said, hey, what if we do this for every state, have a spending limit, and we came out with what's called the Sustainable Budget Project, which is in direct re response kind of to your point, Adam, about how ATR was all about taxes. What do we do with the spending side? And now what we're creating is a threshold to say, don't spend more than this. So that way you can sustain your tax cuts and everything else, because I agree that if you're going to cut taxes, you need to rein in spending at the same time. That's what Congress always gets, and presidents too, get, get in the problem of, is that they cut taxes and they don't restrain spending, and we run up massive deficits in the process. It's a spending problem, not a revenue problem. And so in the Wall Street Journal on October 3rd, we had this piece, the data proved government is spending too much. And um, we go through all this. I've been doing research on this for a number of years now. I break it all down in this piece. I put the piece uh, in the YouTube chat so people could check that out as well. I also put a link to the Sustainable Budget Project, which outlines everything that we've been working on. And you can actually go to this link and click on your state. And when you click on that particular state, it shows you what's happening in that state for budget over the last decade compared to population plus inflation, how spending growth has been during different periods. And it shows a whole bunch of other information about facts and figures for each one of those states. So we're hoping that this is a one-stop shop for legislators, legislative staff, congressional people, uh, and just the average American to go and check out what's happening in your state and why are places like Texas, Tennessee, Florida, why are they flourishing when places like California, New York, and Illinois are not? And it's pretty simple. They have less government spending, lower taxes, and less regulation. These are the types of things that hold you back, and it's why people are leaving those states. They're fleeing those big government, blue states mostly, right? They're blue, all blue states there to less government, red states that, that are the other ones. And, 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 you know, I don't think it needs to be a political thing. I think the, just looking at the public policy, I'm an academic, right? So I'm an economist and everything and section of more government spending and everything else. And, and by the way, I'm critical of Republicans too. I think the populist direction of Republicans of more government spending and everything else is also a catastrophe waiting to happen. And so we need more fiscal restraint, which I hope is what this project will help with. That it, you know, you make a good point about the Republicans. That's Tucker Carlson's wing of the Republican Party. It is the populist wing where uh, they, they are going to, you know, help keep these jobs in uh, these small towns by the government spending in, in these towns. You yep. know, giving these uh, incentives to these failing companies to, to prop them up. And you I read your Twitter feed all the time. You do. You're telling the truth here. It is not political. It is academic. You attack the Republicans, too, and some of the crazy stuff that they do. The, the spend. That's why. It's a shame that you know it's not just about lowering the taxes. You've got to cut the spending. Also, you gotta stop these ridiculous because they didn't they didn't cut them. Now the Republicans are even uh, trending. I mean, the, the <laughs> and, and there's also talk though, about a blockchain, a, a, a Bitcoin, something that you can pay property taxes with Bitcoin. There's that. Which, which I think, you know, we talked about this before. I think we need to eliminate property taxes, by the way. But, but maybe there's other ways that you pay your sales taxes or something, other types of tax. Fortunately, we don't have an income tax in Texas. We never should. But, but Bitcoin could be a way to help to do some of that as well, along with the medium of exchange within the marketplace. Well, I, I like your approach here. And Andy really has addressed your approach. You're, you know, if we look at the whole nation, yeah, it's going, uh, it's going, it's like a Rand novel, the whole but our nation is special because of federalism. And, yeah. and you are taking it state by state. 
And so it's up to the individual to decide, you know what, uh, California's, you know, I like the weather in California. I can put up with this horribleness, you know, and maybe (laughs) some are like this. Maybe someone could share that. But you're really doing it. You're calling each state out so people can, and you've made it clear. So just to make clear to all the listeners, what are your top five and your bottom five? Yeah, so the top five um, that we have are Colorado, which has had the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights. Like they're a, a strict spending limit over time. You have Texas, you have Tennessee, you have Florida that's right up there, and North Carolina. Those are the five good states when you think about spending restraint overall, which you would normally think about. You know, the bottom five, as you might suspect, are going to be like California, Illinois, New York, Massachusetts is an, is another one. And then and then and then number five, I mean, some of them you might think about that would be a, a good one has been Georgia. Uh, Georgia has a lot of excess spending over time. And so it's not just red or blue. It, it could be a mixture of those. And you do see more of the red near the top, like the better ones versus blue at the bottom, but there are some red and blue uh, on the different ones that are there. So something, that's, that's, something why, I moved to watch. To, that's why I moved to Colorado you go. Uh, 17 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you know, Colorado is a great place. I, I, I mm-hmm. um, my family, we go vacation, vacation there every once in a while to get out of the, the heat here in, in Texas during the summer. And, and there, it's just a great place. I, I like Colorado a lot and, and, and they've done some good policy approaches over time. I'm concerned about the proposition HH that's on the ballot coming up. It's supposed to be for property tax relief, but really it's a way to diminish the taxpayer's bill of rights, the spending limit, and not have those hand, you know, the the the, the rebate checks that are sent back. It, it's really a shell game. Their property taxes keep going up, and they're going to re- reduce the benefits of the spending limit. There, I think it should be voted down. Real quick before we the show ends, uh, CPI report. Vance, you were just tweeting about that, weren't you? The, the, yeah. Uh, all right. A- a- any thoughts on that? Because that that's that's the news of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that just came out today. CPI inflation report year over year. It's up 3.7%, which was the same as it was in in August year over year. Uh, If you exclude food and energy, what they call the core, that's still up 4.2% year over year, which is about double what the Fed's average inflation target rate is of 2% is what they want want it to be. So this is still highly elevated inflation that's going to continue for a while. And if you look at real Weekly average or average weekly earnings. So you, you you take average weekly earnings, you know, take out inflation. It was down 0.2 percent year over year. It had went up for three months in a row after being declining for two years, and so now we're declining again. This is not a good situation. An average household is down $7,300 just since Biden came into office, meaning they can't buy as much as they could by $7,300 compared to January of 2021. And things don't look like they're going to get any better because the Federal Reserve's balance sheet is still double what it was before the pandemic. So before, you know, uh, February of 2020, and Congress keeps overspending. I mean, they've run up about $300 billion plus just the deficit over the last couple of days. This is this is substantial. Just in the last year, the debt increased by $2 trillion. We're on pace to continue to have $2 trillion a year deficits. The Federal Reserve is now talking about lowering interest rates on the back end, which is what's called the Operation Twist, where they buy some of those long-term treasury securities and then they sell off some of the short ones. In order, but why are they doing that? They're trying to help out with the deficit, net interest payments on the debt are soon going to be a trillion dollars a year, a year, and that's with two trillion dollar deficit. So basically, we're just rolling over debt with new debt. We're fiscally insolvent, which is one of the reasons why we're talking so much about Bitcoin and other things here on the show, which is a great conversation to have because our fiscal house is a mess. It's a wreck. It's on fire, and there's no one there that really seems to 
care, want to do more about it. Yes, the Federal Reserve will probably raise interest rates again in November at their at their next meeting up to 5.75%, which will be the highest in 20 plus years. But that's not really where inflation comes from. Inflation comes from the Fed's balance sheet, from high powered money that Lloyd von Mises talked about, Milton Friedman talked about. These are the folks that we need to be listening to instead of these transitory inflationary pressures out. Even Paul Krugman, which I just tweeted about him a minute ago and put you know the, the, the laughing face emoji, said that inflation is one. Well, how did he get there? Well, he excluded shelter, he excluded food and energy, and it excluded used cars. So all the things that people are buying, <laughs> he excludes those out. And surprise, surprise, there's no inflation. This is just a ridiculous way to think about it. And, and again, it goes back to the Keynesian sort of Marxist socialist sort of approach that many of these folks have that we've got to get away from because they are bankrupting our country in the process. But but again, it's it's already we all know it's all over. Uh, of course, inflation is way more than four percent. Everyone knows yeah. that. And now there's nothing they can do because the bond market is overpowering the power of the Fed to keep it down. It's the Fed can't do operation twist. If the Fed actually no. announced that we'd have an explosion uh, of interest rates and inflation everywhere. The yeah, because it crowds out the private sector. Yeah, that 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 trillion dollars of interest is going to be two trillion very quickly. Yep. And uh, you know, and this is where this is going to go right into the Bitcoin halving. So the next year or two are going to be crazy. And and yeah, hold, uh, hold on, hold, hold your hats, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, what Vance just said it was very powerful, very impassioned, very truthful, and everything. And the mainstream media coverage of this is just the opposite, and everybody buys it, and so nobody. It, 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 it's quite crazy the way they twist these inflation numbers. It has become happyflation, like I predicted. It's just normal. Be happy. You said no one, no one cares about anything. I agree. No one cares about anything, so they get away with this. That, yeah. that, that, that's that's my okay. And and, uh, and, and, and oil prices are going to soar, uh, given yeah. what's happened over the Middle East right now. And and, yeah. and part of it, like I agree with you in general. I I, I think that the president shouldn't matter much and, and and ultimately i think that's what our founding fathers here wanted as well but it, it's getting to a situation where it is mattering more i mean the the i think this israeli hamas situation is a direct result of the failures of the foreign policy of president biden you know what what's happened in ukraine and russia is a direct result of the the bad policies out of the biden administration and maybe it would have happened anyway under trump or whoever would have else to be president but but I but I, I really think that there there is uh, a reckoning that's happening globally because of the incompetence of the current administration. Vance, you, you, closing remarks here. Yeah, it's great to be with you, all of you today. Thanks for the opportunity. Keep the good work that y'all are doing. And uh, yeah, check out that budget project from ATR. I think that'd be a good one. Also check out my um, podcast, Let People Prosper Show, where you can find on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get them. I also just post the whole video on X.com. So that way you can watch it there because I know that it really helps with their algorithms and everything. And so um, be sure to check those out. Advancedscan.com is the website. But yeah, I think there's a lot for us to keep talking about. You know, I, I'm always, uh, it's a pleasure to join this crew because there's always some good information. It's going to help me keep me thinking about new ideas and what to write about and everything else. So um, keep the good work. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Adam Meister at This Week at Bitcoin. We really went through a lot of the key issues that are going on around the country. Please go and give him a rating and review on his podcast. Also, leave a rating and review on mine wherever you can. And please go and share it and look for all the show notes at vancegan.com. So until next time, let people prosper.